Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Welcome to the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, once again, I'm hosting Michael Beller, still on baby duty for probably a while. Uh, as mentioned last week, a little sneak preview of who we were having. It's myself, Brandon Funston, as always, but special guest, Graham Barfield, one of the best, and kind of like I said, you're getting that beard out there, but also the best part about him, I don't know if you see, like Funston let us down. I have my C3PO and R2D2 as Batman and Robin. Graham's got a Star Wars sweatshirt. Funston's a bum. May the fourth be with everybody except for Funston. What's up, Graham? What's up, guys? Um, yeah, man. Uh, sorry, I had the quick time up and I had a major echo. Um, <laughs> I'm doing good. Yeah, may the fourth be with you guys. Like this is um, this should be a national holiday at this point, shouldn't it? I mean, especially with Mandalorian coming out, we got the new Obi Wan coming out. <laughs> did you see? Uh, this, did you this, see they they tweeted out? I retweeted it. Just take my money now. They actually have a working lightsaber <laughs> that they're developing. That really comes out and actually goes back. Oh in. no, I have. Yeah, I have seen that. I think my buddy sent me that. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Yeah, it's really that's sweet. A, I, just, just pre-order. Can I do it right now? <laughs> yes. Yes. Skip a house go payment, ahead. whatever you're charging. Yes. Yeah, I mean, skip the rent payment. You don't need that. Just go ahead and put in a put your investment aside. I mean, I'm honestly thinking it has to be a rent pay. <laughs> if if the regular like the force blades are what two three hundred dollars, I'm thinking that's probably going to be close to a grand, if not more. <laughs> Yeah, easily. I mean, if Elon Musk can f- sell not like f- not flamethrowers on the internet, then we should be able to get lightsabers at this point. Come I'm on. with you, Boston. <laughs> are you interested at all over here? Like you just like nah. yeah, yeah, I am. But I, you know, I would, I would, you know, I would suffer in comparison if I tried to throw around my Star Wars knowledge and all that. So I oh, just, so uh, you're, I just you're, you're setting yourself up to fail our game today, is what you're telling me. Yeah, exactly. You don't That's have exactly to have right. super. It might help if you were like a super Star Wars, like invested. Like I don't know, Graham might be on this level. I'm not sure, but you'll see. Well, we're gonna play a game today because it is May the Fourth. Uh, but we are talking NFL. Oh, Graham. I'm I'm in big I'm in big. No, trouble. no, yeah, no, no. The, the sports knowledge could help too. Like you might overlap some sports. You'll see. Just just put that okay. in the pin okay. right now for everybody. Anyway, yeah, NFL draft. <laughs> So, Graham, real quick, you're kind of at the floor to set up because we talked a lot on Friday. A lot of things were going on. Some people might have missed our show, but Brandon and I already covered the first round. But I real quickly wanted to hit with you on the same players everybody's talking about in the first round. Uh, the, The biggest one right now, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields. Let's take Dynasty. Because that's been a debate. They said there's a case where you could say maybe Justin Fields for the rushing upside. Are you a Lawrence or Fields guy in Dynasty? Um, I'll actually throw another name in there. It's Trey Lance. Um, I've actually got Lance as my QB2 in my rookie ranks. Um, you know, we only have whatever it was, 13, 14 starts for him. But, I mean, he led this quarterback class in rushing yards per game by a mile. I mean, um, you know, now he gets to go to this offense that already has an extremely high floor with, you know, great offensive line, great weapons, great coach. Uh, I think Lance deserves him to be in that conversation. Um, I still think Lawrence is the QB one by a pretty wide margin, simply because he's Trevor freaking Lawrence. Uh, The Jags definitely have some, some question marks with like surrounding talent and just surrounding um, organizational concerns, I would say, but yeah, Lawrence long-term. Um, for sure. And, you know, one of the things that I noticed just watching and charting Travis Etienne this year, um, Trevor Lawrence was like almost underutilized as a, as a running quarterback. Um, He was a beast in the red zone. They would run, you know, these zone reads to the outside and and Lawrence was so good at, you know, reading the front and knowing where to go with the ball, either, you know, keeping himself or giving it to Etienne. So I'm excited to see that, that that duo. Um, I actually have fields as the three among those three guys. Um, and that's simply because I, I mean, Justin Fields talent is incredible. And for our game, he's, he's another Konami court 
another Konami code quarterback, but uh, I have concerns about the Bears organization long term. You know, <laughs> Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy just basically sold their souls uh, long term. Um, and if they don't get fields right, this might not have anything to do with Justin Fields. But if they have a, you know, an off year or whatever, you know, they finish eight and eight or eight, nine, whatever now, um, you know, they could see themselves on the way out and be, you know, Justin Fields would be with the new coaching staff. For, so for Dynasty, I've got a Warrants, Lance, and then Fields. Any second thoughts, Brandon, after we talked about it on Friday? Uh, not really. I mean, Lance is a big enigma, you know, but man, just such a such a good system. And you just, you know, I, that's that's what you're speaking to, like Pace and, and Nagy in Chicago versus Shanahan for Lance in San Francisco. I mean, you just feel like Lance is in way, way, way better hands. And, um, you know, time will tell. I, I, as a Seahawks fan, I hope he busts. But um <laughs> But they definitely took the quarterback with the, you know, with the higher ceiling in, in Lance, you know, versus all the rumors of Mac Jones. So, it, you know, there's, this has a chance to, you know, to pay big dividends for them. Well, that's what it all comes down to is the ceiling. I, I admittedly probably am one of the lowest on Lance. And uh, it's just so you know, Graham, it's not that I completely disagree with anything you said. Uh, but, you know, one of the things I've continuously said on this podcast is we have to remember, and I know you're not saying this, but the people who are is the next Josh Allen. Josh Allen was one out of yeah. 20. Like, Josh Allen is yeah. the exception to the rule. He's not the rule. And everybody's acting like he's the rule. So I actually took Zach Wilson over Trevor or Trey Lance in a – we did a mock, a super flex mock. And I said because – I admit, I agree with you. I admit Lance has the higher ceiling. If I'm going for it, I'm going for Lance. But I had Wilson in the same tier, and Wilson, with what I think the Jets are finally doing, is smart football for a change. You know, it's just yeah. the bust rate is there. So I don't disagree with you at all on that one. Here's one. By the way, I'm going to kind of pivot real quick before we get to it because I'm tying something in. Your former colleague, Marcus Grant, was on last week, and we were talking about the 101, and we're talking about 101 in the rookie class, not Superflex, not tight end premium. But before we get to that, I forgot to do this at the top. Graham, tell people where to find your work because it's really great work. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Um, yeah, fantasypoints.com. We we uh, we had a draft guy that came out um, uh, like maybe April. I think it was April 1st, actually. We have an, an, an app out so you can go back and, and read all of Greg Cosell's rookie profiles uh, for who, you know, whichever your favorite player, you know, whoever they went to – what, what team they went to so you can see all um all of that Wes huber has a bunch of like look forward stuff on uh like the 2022 draft if you're just total de degenerate and want to get in on that uh check it out yeah promo code 21 barfield 10 nice. uh, to get yourself a 10 percent discount and at Graham barfield on twitter and uh one of the better ones out there so make sure you follow by the way you're you're running back so you mentioned that do you still want to pump that at all for everybody out oh, there? oh yeah Oh yeah, we got um, we got yards created content coming out uh, later this week, and then definitely the week after. Um, usually it takes me some time to kind of just like get through all of this because it's a lot to get through. But yeah, yards created breakdown will come out next week. We have data up on the site. Um, I just pushed an update through last week, so nice. Yeah, the good the good news though is I've been a little bit behind with this class just because we moved um, and like <laughs> all of February was shot, and I was working on a couple other projects. Um, but the good news is this class sucks, so so I'm not really missing out too much. <laughs> That's what I said. Like, I'm glad you said that. Yeah, I, I noticed like it was it was late in day two, and I was counting. There was like more tight ends off the board than there were running backs, and I was like, man. Yeah. NFL teams just aren't into this running back class this year. Yeah, there were four day two running backs, and I think that was the fewest since like modern draft history. Yeah, that's the thing. So we like just since the merger in the seventies, we just did a rookie mock on our site on the Athletic, and I purposely did this with this purpose. Like, oh, you traded in a mock, but it was I wanted to do it because I wanted to be able to write about it. And I know it's late to the game now for a lot of experienced leagues out there. But if you're not a newer dynasty league, or you have people that just love rookies in general, I said after the middle of the second round trade out trade either back into the top of the second round or trade for 2022 because this is honestly it was great wide receiver class great wide receiver class great wide receiver well now there's nowhere for any of these players to go and they're all buried yeah well we uh scott barrett and i talked about this in our podcast last night and i said the same it's so funny you say that because i said the same exact thing jake if you have like mid-second rounds just trade them for 2022s because that class is is i mean i've talked to wes and wes is wes huber our guy at the site 
he's a huge Debbie guy. Um, and he loves that class. And he liked this receiver class too, but I just think a lot of these landing spots were super disappointing. And yeah, I mean, we had, we had a bunch of guys slide. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm 100% with you on selling 2022. Yeah. I think there could be seven wide receivers in next year's first round, depending on what breaks, right. It'll be interesting. All right. So to go back to what we were talking about with Marcus, he and I agreed on this fast. Fast didn't severely disagree with it, but it's just like, you know, he sees the case for it in a, again, non super flex, non tight end premium. Cause I want to make that point clear because this is just a regular dynasty. Marcus and I both say Kyle Pitts one-on-one. Like there's a lot of debate out there. You can say Harris, you can say chase. I mean, if you're quarterback needy, even though it's only one quarterback league, I could still see Lawrence, but all that being said is, is basically like the fact that we're projecting all these players. We're projecting Chase is going like, let's say everybody succeeds. Chase is a top 10 wide receiver. Najee Harris is a top 10 running back. But if we're projecting Pitts and he succeeds, we're saying he's going to be Kittle and Kelsey. And if that's the case, that because of the drop off of the other positions for us is warranted of taking the one on one. Which side do you fall on? Yeah, so I, I know I know what you're saying with Pitts, and I'm about to make the same argument with Najee Harris, and it comes down to positional scarcity. But like with Harris, he has every single box you want to tick right. to be a potential top 10, top six running back. And, you know, the bad news for us is he's already 23. He's going to be tw- – I think he's going to be 24. I have to double check um, by the time the season starts. But anyway, you know, he has the, a shorter shelf life to begin with. But the Steelers drafted him in the first round. He was awesome in college, had great production, did very well in my yards, created metric, especially as a receiver. Um, he's going to play every single snap. And for that reason, I mean, I'm always wanting to take rookie running backs early in Dynasty. He's, yeah. he's my 101 in non-superflex leagues. But, you know, all of this comes down to like, it's, it's always super team specific and right. league specific too. I mean, every league has different, you know, different values and, and all that. So, um, yeah, I mean, if you're, I've got a league where Ian Thomas is my number one tight end. Like, and I had the one, if I have the one one then yeah, I'm probably entertaining Kyle Pitts. Like I'm probably entertaining that. Yeah. And I think I was on the, I was on the Harris train. I was, I was kind of with you, you know, I was just looking at a, Sirius XM just did their post draft draft and 13 of the first 14 picks were running backs. And Travis Kelsey was the one guy that was wedged in there that wasn't a running back. But, you know, right now everybody's clamoring for the running backs that'll get, you know, quote unquote, bell cow touches and Najee's going to land right into it. Uh, We have faith in Mike Tomlin and, and rebuilding that offensive line. They're good at, you know, at, at, producing those guys and, and developing offensive line talents. So I don't think they're going to be down in the dumps in that department for long, but Najee Harris is, as Graham mentioned, great running back, but great receiver as well. It's Le'Veon Bell in that system. They said he's, how that works. he's better than Le'Veon Bell. If you saw the quote, by the way, just so you know, uh, it's just, <laughs> real quick. Can we get, I think a consensus on this show. Can we agree with Ian Harditz? So we've been tweeting for the past couple of days. And I'm sure you, Graham, you might've even seen it, but can we, Put to rest this whole, the offensive line is not going to do him any favors and he's going to suck because he's in Pittsburgh. Can we stop with this now? Yeah, that's just, I mean, over, you know, offensive line play matters, but it gets so overplayed. I, you know, I think almost everything gets overplayed at this point right? in our little community. But yeah, man, like, you know, Steelers are obviously higher on their, their you know, talent internally than, than we are. They still took two linemen. You know, granted, it wasn't in the second round. They took Pat Frymuth, but they still took two linemen. Like, you know, I don't think this is going to be the... Th- third worst offensive line it might be the eighth worst but yeah yeah Najee Harris is going to get the ball 320 times and we'll be just fine yeah and I've you know out here in the northwest I've seen a power running back do very well behind crappy offensive lines in Chris Carson you know like you can you can overcome that and everything that Pittsburgh did is for the future of their running game Pat Fryermuth is one of the better uh, blocking tight ends and they go with two offensive line picks right after that so their first four picks are all about you know the running game seemingly all right so two more topics then we'll get to our game and then we'll come back so on the Pitts thing I pulled some the bets the rookie year bets for him over under 750.5 yards receiving so before everybody just kind of thinks of that in its own realm, here's context. The last person to do that and top it as a rookie tight end was Jeremy Shockey. Yeah. Before him, 1988 Keith Jackson. There's only been four tight ends in the history of football who have done it. And if you drop down to 700 yards, you get two more 
One was Evan Ingram in 2017, which we all know also involved like 7,000 injuries to the wide receivers for the Giants, so he became the number one. So I throw all that out there just as context for it. If you had to take a bet as of today, Graham, over under 750, but remember, these four also did it in only 16 games. Actually, fewer for some of them way back when. So right. now we're at 17 games. Yeah, so I, I, think, I think we'll see Pitts push the Jeremy Shockey record. Shockey got 128 targets in his rookie year. I don't think Pitts is going to get there with Ridley. If, if you give Ridley and Julio perfect health for 17 games, I, there's no, almost no way Pitts gets 128 targets, literally unless the Falcons throw it 500, like, like, like 700 <laughs> times. Like they've got to throw like 700 times to get there. That being said, um, yeah, we always talk about how rookie tight ends don't hit in their rookie season, but you know, Pitts is an outlier from a number of perspectives. He's the earliest tight end drafted in a very long time, maybe all time. He's really a wide receiver. Um, he's, exactly. <laughs> he's basically a wide receiver. They're going to line him up, you know, at X. They're going to put him in the slot. Like they're going to put him all over the place. I think it's going to be close, man. I think that I really don't have a strong take on the line because I think it's a, it's pick an one. amazing. Yeah, that's a perfect line. But I think I'd lean the under, man. Ooh. I think I'd lean the under. I think the pits, the pits hype is, has gotten to a point where it's a little bit overbearing, man. Like he is, <laughs> he has got a, you know, he's got to score eight touchdowns to pay off his ADP and with Ridley and, and Julio there. Like I will say know. this, if you're talking about any type of leagues where you're already drafting or even dynasty, you might be able to get the blank ton hole for him at a trade right now because I had somebody when I did my way too early rankings that already said did you not see them take them at number four he's going to be the second best tight end behind Kelsey second best tight end behind Kelsey like if you have people already saying that Brandon it's gonna, it's gonna be insane isn't it oh absolutely but I I think uh listen I think I, I always say this bet every season long under in the NFL because it, it basically is is requiring the guy to play a full season to get that number right. And, and, you know, we know that injuries happen, especially in a 17-game season. Now you're going to see even more. But to get to this number, he has to average 44 yards per game. I'm sorry. It's just it's Calvin Ridley. It's Julio Jones. And then is Russell Gage going to steal a whole bunch of his thunder? Is Mike Davis? Oh, maybe Zacchaeus. Come on. <laughs> and, 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 and in a 17-game season, what's the over on DMPs for Julio Jones? At this point, it's probably like three and a half. You know, it's, yeah. So there's going to be some games where he's the clear number two guy. I think he averages – at least 44 yards per game. So I'm going to take the pace, uh, the over on the pace. I think he's probably closer to do 50. It. Let's do All it. Right. So real quick, <laughs> I, real quick, I just pulled this up. So since 2000, there have been one, two, three, seven, seven rookie tight ends to finish top 12 uh, at the position since 2000. So, and the only three who finished top eight were Jeremy Shockey, John Carlson, and Evan Ingram. Um, you know, John Carlson, that was 2008, and that's before elite tight ends became elite tight ends. And then right. you obviously have Shockey season, which we talked about, and then Ingram. Um, Aaron and Ingram, Ingram, might, Ingram might be the best comp, though, like out of all of those. With better three. hands. Oh, way better hands. Because <laughs> Ingram is basically a big wide receiver. All right, so here's, here's I'll flip one on you guys. Who gets more? T touchdowns for Kyle Pitts or missed games for Julio Jones? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely Pitts touchdowns. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll bet right. on six, six to eight, which I don't think Julio will get that quite that high, but he'll probably get three or four. I can see that. I think, yeah, right. I think we're forgetting that Julio stayed pretty healthy prior to last year. Prior, he's always dealing prior. with something. Though. Yeah, he's always doing. I think it was yeah. like three or four years in a row he was doing it. He was had a nice run there. Uh, all right, so like I said, before we get to the game, or right, let's talk running backs, and we'll come back talk about wide receivers and veteran winners and losers because that's intriguing. I think some of these guys are getting overlooked, but. For running backs, we were talking about this before we even came on the show. It was about where the running backs fell, how few there were. Uh, so I think the biggest names, Graham, right now is obviously Javante Williams. Like People have already put Melvin Gordon on notice, and rightfully so. Michael Carter for the opportunity with the Jets, if you look at that backfield. And then you have Trey Sermon and Elijah Miller with the Midas Touch God of running back creation out there. Uh, but we do know Mostert's the lead as of today. Who interests you the most? Who do you think might be getting a little bit too inflated? And then did I leave anybody out that you think might be relevant? Yeah. Um, 
obviously ETN. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, we're not doing the, we're not doing the ETN and uh, Najee Harris. They don't count. Okay, um, man, you know, I th- I think it'll be interesting to see where Javante Williams's ADP shakes out for redraft. Because for dynasty, I'm I'm all in. Like you're going to get him at a slight discount because year one might be not necessarily a loss for him, but you know he'll probably brass tacks, they're going to keep Melvin Gordon involved because they paid him $7 million and they kind of have to. It's a sunk cost for them. Well, here you go. Um, uh, this is with zero context. Just kind of has it sound off the top of your head. Where he landed in my initial redraft rankings mm-hmm. is RB36. Who, Williams? Yeah. Yeah, I think I should pull Does that up, feel fair? I, I've got Williams a little higher, I think. I think I got him in the early 30s. But, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, RB3 range, man. Like, you know, it just depends on what game you're playing, what the scoring system is, all that. But, yeah, you know, Williams and and Gordon will probably split touches in some fashion. And I think we could see, like, you know, if Javante just completely outplays Gordon, you know, this this, obviously this, you know, new regime, not really new regime, but new GM uh, came in and traded up for him. Um, so yeah, I, I think Javante is, you know, kind of in that RB three range for, for this year, for, you know, for our purposes and redraft, but for dynasty, man, it's, it's gangbusters. Like Melvin Gordon's out of the way, you know, Mike Boone, they might bring back, um, outside of that, it's, it's going to be Javante's backfield and man, <laughs> the Broncos, oh man, I mean, Patrick Sertan is a great player, but I mean, they're going to go into this year. The biggest question mark still hanging over this team is, is what are they going to do with Locke and, and, and Bridgewater? Uh, and Bridgewater. Um, as for Carter and Sermon, I've got Carter at four in my rookie ranks and then Sermon. And that's strictly because, and I actually, I mean, I have two articles coming out later this week on both of those guys. I, I like Sermon a little bit better as a player, but the Jets have nothing. They have literally nothing. Like, what are they going to do? Give Josh Adams the ball? Like, they got Tevin Coleman and, and Michael <laughs> P. Ryan, who's just a guy like – yeah it's michael carter's backfield and then you know the niners in typical shanahan fashion have five guys jeff jeff wilson's going to be involved too let's not forget about him shanahan loves him in the red zone um i just don't really see unless trey sermon plays like you know i don't know just complete you know somebody gets hurt and trey sermon just outplays everybody i i really don't see a path where sermon at least this year is you know anything more than you know, a boom bust RB4. Yeah, I I, th- I think they just don't want to get down to the point where they have to play their Jamichael Hasties. You know, I think they were just yeah, like, okay, on the roster. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I'm expecting it's Sermon, it's Wilson, it's Mostert, maybe Mitchell ends up on the on the practice don't squad. Forget, I mean, uh, you guys, yes, they have Wayne Goldman. Thank you. I was just they about have no, Wayne no. Goldman. I know, I know <laughs> you say that. I know you say that tongue in cheek, but I'm saying Jeff Wilson's no guarantee guarantee with the fact that they yeah. signed Wayne Goldman. Like they they yeah. can't all be on the team. <laughs> Yeah, that's, here's that's what I'll true. say, Fuston, real quick, because I know you you talked about Javante Williams. I know you've talked about your love for him is to stick on this sermon thing, you know, because I took him in the middle of the second round. But again, that's the proof of how bad the dynasty draft is, is we're looking at a backfield of injury question, injury question, injury question, injury question. And all we know is we just pick blank running back leading the 49ers backfield. So is that going to is that thought process that I'm having with sermon? Is that going to lead him likely overdrafted in redraft? Where the point is for everybody out there, don't draft Sermon. Let somebody else take him, get disappointed after four weeks, drop him, and then you jump in. Yeah, it could be the Cam Akers situation, right? Where you're just like you're you're gung ho about him, but it just doesn't, you know, failure to launch because of playing time or whatever, and and you know, and that happened. People dropped Cam Akers, you know, and, and that was stupid movie, that- by the way. <laughs> Failure to launch. <laughs> Failure to launch. Really yeah. dumb movie. <laughs> really dumb movie. Um, but I'm just, you know, yeah, I, I'm I'm hands off on this. Just like it's the West Coast New England, right? It's the West Coast New England backfield where you're just going to have to wait and, and see how things play out. But I'm curious if you look back to last year where you had J.K. Dobbins and Jonathan Taylor, who, speaking to Javante Williams, I think these things have a way of working themselves out where – Oh, I was, you know, J.K. Dobbins was sitting behind Mark Ingram, but we knew that Mark Ingram was going to be gone the following year. Well, he was gone, you know, quicker than that. And Marlon Mack, he got hurt. But, I mean, you kind of – maybe that's a better comp for Javante Williams is where was Jonathan Taylor ranked last year going into the year with a Marlon Mack sitting there in front of him? 
And you know? I think if you look at both situations, you know, you have the upside of Taylor with the injury of what he did for the entire year. And then you have J.K. Dobbins, who took half the year to take over. But once he did and Mark Ingram was done, he was actually RB1 down the stretch. So it's that Miles Sanders, Cam Akers, J.K. Dobbins is that's the upside you're hoping for. But that initial, you know, problem is what we might have to deal with. It might be a few weeks before we get to the game. Can I get you guys on? Can we get we everybody wants to know James Robinson, James Robinson. OK, first of all, I know James Robinson barely ever happens. I even tweeted about this yesterday saying the last one was Arian Foster and the one before that was Chris Carson, who technically was a seventh round pick. So not even undrafted. Yep. It doesn't have happen. I'm not even looking for RB1 value, but can I get you guys on board to say we're on to Javian Hawkins? Can we do that? Yeah. Can we? We're on to Davion Hall. Hey, I took him in our dynasty draft in the fourth round. I loved it. Yeah. Hey, man, they got Caleb Huntley too. They got the. He's a big, uh, big back from Ball State. They uh, they signed him as a UDFA too. But yeah, no, I, man, this Falcons backfield. I'm, I was shocked they didn't they didn't draft him. The Huntley situation, Even in like the fifth round. No, and the, the Huntley situation. The problem with Huntley is I see that Mike Davis needs to go down for Huntley, and Huntley would become right. the lead. I think Hawkins can be yeah. the time yeah. change, piece, no change matter what. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. All right. Game time. You guys ready for this? This is like you don't need to prep. This isn't like you have oh, to remember. I'm going to get killed. No, no, no. All right. This is very simple. You bet. Okay. We're going to alternate who goes first, but you both get to answer. It's very simple. The name I give you is it an athlete or is it a Star Wars person? That's, right. That's oh, all it okay. is. Okay. Athlete okay. or Star Wars. That's all you have to <laughs> oh, say. Yes. Uh, Graham, you're the guest, so I'm not going to make you go first. You can choose. Do you want to go first or second? I'll go first. Yeah. All right. Go first. First one. Zemgis Gergensens. Wow, this is deeper than I thought it would be. <laughs> um, I'm going to go Star Wars. Brandon? I was leaning Star Wars as well. You are both incorrect. Oh, my Damn it. God. NHL player. Oh, I thought you were Buffalo going Sabres. only NFL. So it's uh, a sports. No, no, no. I said sports. I said athlete. I yeah, didn't, you I did didn't say sports. Yeah. Bringing so NHL into the mix just changes well, the yeah. whole ball game here. Well, the exactly. The NHL has a bunch of guys with weird names. That's the so. point. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brandon. Well, you're up first for this one then. All right. Tasu Leach. Star Wars. Now you got me thinking. I have n I've literally never. I'm going to go. I'm going to go sports. <laughs> sports? Uh, Brandon. Is on the board first. Yeah. The leader of the Kanja Club who confronts Han Solo on the ship. Of course. Force Awakens. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Tasu Leach, everybody. Uh, Graham, you're up. Costa Kufus. Oh, that's Star Wars. No. No, it's not. It's, uh, it Costa Kufus is, uh, is he, uh, is he another hockey player? But it's I a mean, sports player. I know that go. name. Brandon. NBA. NBA, that's what it is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you were so confident, too, Graham. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> so, Brandon, 2-0 lead. Come on. You're wearing the Star Wars shirt. You're down 2-0 through yeah, 3. I'm, I'm, I'm completely blowing this here, guys. All right, give, All right. give, it, give it to me. Brandon, the Donis Praji. I'm going sports. The Donis Praji. I'm going to go sports, too. <sighs> that was your chance, Brandon. Come on, <laughs> he is the officer who reports that the Death Star plans were stolen. The Donis Praji. All right, I gotta, Graham. Damn. Come on. You got to get on the board here. I do. Igor Bobkov. Yeah, you're just saying names. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sports, I guess. <laughs> Funston? Feel sports. I'm going to go sports. Yep. NHL. Anaheim. Hey. Hey, you're on the board, but you're still down, <laughs> you too. <laughs> Brandon, you're up. Taron right. Malkos. That feels that feels Star Wars. Hmm. I'm gonna go sports. Just because I got I just because I got a I you, got a split. Yeah. How many questions uh, do we have? Or how well, many names do we have I'm, left? I'm pretty sure it's well, Star Wars. Though. I mean, there's 20 <laughs> names, so you got plenty of time. Uh, I will actually. It's I, I mis I mispronounced it, so I want to see Brandon. You might want to change your answer. I, I don't want to lead you a direction. I just <laughs> I didn't mean that. Uh, <laughs> It's actually Taron Malikos. There's an I in there, so Taron Malikos. Yeah, that is leading. That is very leading. You're telling me to change my answer. Um, I don't even remember what your answer was. I, I'm 100%. I really don't even remember what your answer was. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to stick with Star Wars. Okay. Yeah, he's right. You're gonna go, so you're switching? I'll switch. I'll go Star Wars, yeah. 
It actually is Star Wars. I thought the Ikos would change it. It is. It's, it's the Jedi yeah. Master fought in the Clone Wars, survived on Dathomir, turned to the dark side with the Night Sisters, and tried to lure Cal Kestis in Jedi Fallen <laughs> Order if you play in the game. So there you go. Still down two, but 4-2 now. Uh, Brandon? No. No, you just went. Graham, you're up. Yes. Tristan Wren. Um, I'll go sports. Uh, yeah, I think the Wren was a trick question here, misleading on purpose. Yeah. I'm going to go sports as well. Uh, no, and I'm highly disappointed in you, Graham. This is actually the brother of Sabine Wren from Star Wars Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels, if you watch the cartoons. Uh, I, I, just, I, have, I have not watched Clone Wars. I need well, to get rectify on that. that. I need to get on <laughs> that. All right. Almost halfway through. Brandon, you ready for this Give one? Give it to me. Yep. God Sham God. Oh, I, that's a. I think he's Providence basketball. Uh, I'll go basketball. Yeah, it's sports. You shouldn't say that so confidently. You helped out, Graham. <laughs> he's like, oh, yes. God Sham God, actually drafted by the Wizards in the NBA. So there, there you, you go. go. Was he Providence? I think he was Providence. I don't look. I didn't look up the colleges. Get out of here. All right. <laughs> Graham. Wolf Ularen. Star Wars. I'm going to. See, every time Graham answers first, I'm just going to go with him so that I don't lose my... Are you my really going to be that guy? <laughs> no, but I, I, my lean was Star Wars when I first heard it anyway, so I'm going Star okay, Wars. Okay, it is Star Wars. Officer in the first Death Star in A New Hope and Clone Wars and Rebels. So he was on three wow. different shows. All right. <laughs> wow. Well, you have to go first on this one, Brandon. Okay. Jory Laterra. Jory sounds Star Wars. I'm going to go Star Wars. Graham? I'll go Sports. Honestly, Sports. Don't yeah. NHL. Yeah. St. Louis uh, Blues. All these guys are go. hockey now guys, he's... man. Just obscure oh, hockey guys and one <laughs> humongous basketball I, player. <laughs> hey, one basketball player. Two basketball players so far. Okay. Uh, you're down only one. You're, get, you're getting close, Graham. All right, Graham. Don't call it a comeback. <laughs> Aaron Ekblad. Oh. Um, Star Wars, right? I think so. Brandon? Aaron Ekblad. You know what or I'm going blood. I don't know. You don't know. I'm going to go sports. I, <laughs> I mean, I don't know how to pronounce these Star Wars oh. names either. But, <laughs> <laughs> it, it, but it, it is, is sports. sports. Damn it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> NHL. Another NHL for Florida. All right. Brandon. Give it to me. All right. Derek Hobie Kivian. Uh, I'm going to go Star Wars. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll follow up Star Wars. I was hoping the nickname would make you think it was a player. <laughs> He's oh, a was, rogue... was was Hobie a nickname? I thought that was yeah. just a hyphen to last no. name. Derek Kivian oh. <laughs> and Hobie is his nickname. A rogue squadron pilot in Empire and Rebels. So he was in two different things. All right. Graham? Yes. Koska Reeves. Koska Reeves. Uh, sports. Yep. Sports. You are both wrong. Oh. On the Mandalorian, played by Sasha Banks. <laughs> what the hell, guys? Come Oscar on. Reeves. What? Yes, that was what that was, was Sasha role? Banks. Her, her role. Oh, her Mandalorian. Role. What was her role? She was she was the black girl on the other squad. Oh. Yep. There you go. Yeah. So I need uh, to get up on my IMBD pages. Apparently, you do. You're, you're really <laughs> letting me down here. Uh, Brandon, Tiber Saxon. I'm going sports. Graham? Mm, I'll go Star Wars. There you go. On the board. Governor of Mandalore, brother of Gar Saxton. There you go. He was in one now, right? Close the gap again. Yeah, Graham, back to you. Sick Narf Loopstock. (laughs) You say that again because that was so good. Sick Narf Loopstock. That was so good. Um, Sick Narf. Sick Narf. I'll go sports. Brandon? Oh, gosh. Sick Narf Loops. That doesn't just sound like a name from anywhere in this world, so I'm going to say Star Wars. It is sports. Yeah. Oh, Played minor league ball for the Cleveland Indians. How do you not know that, Brandon? Come on. I know. Seriously. What is wrong with you? From what country of origin is he? <laughs> Sick Narf Loopstock. <laughs> these are, you can go look these names up. These are real names. I will put them on the tweet because I don't know if you know how to spell them. So, uh, Brandon, you're up. Okay. Jocasta New. Star Wars. 
Star Wars. Yes, yeah, so is the Jedi is the Jedi librarian killed by Darth Vader in yeah. Attack of the Clones? Oh, so there okay. you go. Uh, you are still tied nine to nine. Graham, Sequoia Stone Cipher. Sports. Sports. <laughs> yes. Also, minor <laughs> league baseball for the Miami Marlins. <laughs> Actually, Jake's out here looking up Triple A guys from like the nineteen nineties. <laughs> it might even have been single A. <laughs> This is, this is actually back when they were in Florida Marlins. So that's how oh, <laughs> Sequoia Stone wow. Cipher goes. Yeah, how do you look up these names? Because you, you can't just, like, you just look up a player <laughs> list and start scrolling through it. Is that what you did? No, I'll tell you the secret afterwards. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, Brandon, you're up. D. Bradley yep. Baker. Oh, D. D. Bradley Baker. Not a seems, nickname. Seems so Baker. sports that I'm going to go anti and go Star Wars. All right, then I'll go sports. I'll play that game. And you would get it wrong, Graham, because <laughs> he, is, he is the voice of about 8 billion characters because he's the voice of every single clone in the Clone Wars and the follow Wait, so is that the actor's the, name? That's the actor's name, D. Bradley Baker. Oh, that's a little bit of a curveball there. I didn't know we there. were doing actors' names, too. I thought we were strictly doing characters. Yeah, that's yeah, 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 I had to throw leave, that leave, one in leaves there. the protests open. Okay. It's, it leaves the protests <laughs> And I the also, protest I also is on the table. Sh- <laughs> <laughs> the Bad Batch launches today on May the 4th, so everybody. But that's that's why I did it. He does voice like a billion because it's all the clones, all of them. Um, Graham, two more. You're down by one. Two more. Here we go. Oh, I thought we only had 20. Yeah. Oh, two more. Thought... We're on 18. Yeah. Oh, well, it's just Graham. tied nine to nine, and then we had two questions after that. So, Oh, I, mean, I guess that's no. – Math. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, no. we, when we when we both Add, miss out of twenty, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, out of twenty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah math exactly. is hard. Uh, <laughs> Graham, Jetsy Extrano, Star Wars. Okay, I'm I'm playing to win now. Star Wars. It is a minor league baseball player for your <laughs> Seattle Mariners. What's his name? Jetsy Extrano. <laughs> the current Seattle Mariners. I don't know. Yes. I've never heard of him. So, wow. uh, this is basically Graham is just going to pick the opposite of what you pick, Brandon, because yep. that's the only way he can tie and it. All up. He, he can tie it, okay. And that works out well anyway, because you would have just picked whatever Graham picked in order not to lose. So at least we right. get a little differentiation here. So you're making the decision for Graham here. All right. Last one. Rito Barra. I'm going Star Wars. Yeah, I have to go sports. And he ties it up. Woo! Oh man. All right, Jake. We need, we, need, we need forty more for overtime. Get on it. For overtime. I'll see <laughs> yeah. if I can find a. I'll see if I can find an overtime one for the end of the show. A tiebreaker. Okay? <laughs> figure something out here. Um, let's get back to sports. <laughs> oh yeah, by NHL, Colorado Avalanche. By the way, Rito oh, Barra. Man. Jake, seriously, Chris Meany. How do you, you find all these? <laughs> I'll tell you later. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so who, where are we? Where do we leave? Oh, veterans. I don't know why I clapped. Veteran, well, that's what I'm <laughs> clap, clapping for winners. Graham, biggest winner. Biggest winner or two or three, however many you want to say. Biggest veteran winners. Oh, look, Mike Davis, obvious. Let's just take, you know what? I, I highlighted because I said we're going to talk about Mike Davis. Obviously, Miles Gaskin, too. So we all know because we've seen billions of people tweeting about them. But other than those two, who's your biggest winner or two or three? Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, Gaskin just ran so pure. <laughs> I mean, Dolphins, are, they must love Salvin Akhmat, too. Um, I, I'm going to go A-Rob um, finally getting a quarterback that has tangible upside. He's not just a statue back there. Um, I think Fields, you know, obviously there's questions with his his processing and stuff, but, you know, this this offense is, is going to run through A-Rob. So I'll go A-Rob. And, and uh, another guy on your list, Jake, is, is Clyde Obrazelaire. Um, You know, outside of them, you know, bringing back in Darrell Williams, and we'll see what they do with Jerick McKinnon. I think he might just be a camp body guy. But, uh, but, yeah, Clyde kind of ran pure, too. I mean, Chiefs went all defense, basically, with their entire draft. Yeah, I think you get, then if, you know, th- those are the obvious running backs. I think the wide receivers, I was surprised that the Saints did not take a legitimate receiver early, and they're going to roll with Traquan Smith as their, as their number two. I, I think that experiment seems to have failed multiple times, um, but they're going to run it back again. So that was a shocker. I have to respect his volume opportunity now. Um, what he does with it is another story. We'll see. But and then Josh Reynolds, you know, he he's there in Tennessee Thank as you. the number as the number two, and 
you know, they see him, I guess, as a direct Corey Davis replacement, and they're not worried about him. So, uh, so there you go. Those are two, I think, the two big wide receiver winners. Reynolds is a great pick in best ball right now. Like, he's an awesome, uh, awesome yep. pick in best ball. I think that's the one that's getting most overlooked is the fact that, you know, they didn't really address the number two. Well, and if anything, is slot option. Well, Jake, that's yeah. because A.J. Brown, it's wide, wide receiver one season for A.J. Brown. Oh, uh, yeah. Let's I mean, go. of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. 100%. Um, all right. So let me throw two more at you before we go over. This is Sam Darnold. Is, if any team uh, – look, I saw Graham, I saw your reaction. This is what everybody's doing. But I know we're tired of Sam Darnold. But if any team's going to get the best out of him, if any team did exactly everything you look at to say, here's our quarterback, and also we're going to set him up for success, you know, I, I, I've jokingly said put Joe Brady in the Hall of Fame immediately if he becomes a top 10 quarterback. But let's be, for, for realistic purposes, in a fantasy draft, do you just throw the dice out there in round 13 or 14 and the fact that they get the magic out of him that was we saw in college? I'm going to be targeting – I was shaking my head because I agree. I mean, for best ball, man, like I'm going to have him as my QB2 quite a bit with DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson stacks. Um, you know, for single quarterback leagues, I don't know how much upside Darnold has. And all of those guys, man, they're all replaceable if you don't get like a top eight guy. But, yeah, yeah Darnold, man, yeah, for best ball, you know, he's going to stay cheap just because, like you mentioned, the sentiment will remain low on him. Yeah, I just think the quarterback class is going to be so much deeper this year that, um, yeah, in a super flex two QB league, you know, Darnold goes from someone you you don't want as your QB two to someone you'd be okay, you know, rolling mm-hmm. the dice on as your QB two. But you know, that's about as far as you can go. I mean, there's so many other quarterbacks you'd be interested in as as a QB one first of all, and then as the guy that you want as your backup QB if you're even carrying a backup QB. I think they're all replaceable, and you know. In, in a lot of those competitive leagues, you're not even worried about wasting a, a backup, a bench spot on a backup QB. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. And the other one that I had highlighted here that we didn't touch on, uh, Brandon knows this, uh, so I'll go to you, Brandon. I'm a Henry Ruggs guy, and I'm not. This isn't an apologist. This is like, I, I continually say this is you got to look at context here. And what I continually bring up last year, Graham and Brandon again knows, is that Henry Ruggs is not equipped to be an outside every down wide receiver that's not what he like I know everybody wants to say Tariq Hill is the easy comp and everybody was doing that with uh Waddle this year but like like the usage he's not Tyreek Hill but the usage that that style is where he needs to be and I said is that Brian Edwards playing outside was going to help him Brian Edwards got hurt they kicked him outside and then you have the emergence of Nelson Aguilar's career at this point of the state but all that being said is I think Henry Ruggs is getting way too quickly dismissed for what happened last year and Brandon this draft do you know how many skill players the Raiders picked? Zero. Yeah. Zero. Yeah. They did not draft a wide receiver, a running back. They did not draft a skill pick, which tells me they like Henry Ruggs. I like Henry Ruggs. Am I crazy to like Henry Ruggs? Well, so I'm just imagining what happened with the Raiders is that um, Derek Carr had no familiarity with his wide receivers. There was no, there was no real preseason. They Tried to run with two rookie wide receivers last year in Ruggs and Edwards. Brought in Nelson Aguilar, who was, who was a free agent. So he didn't even really know these guys. So what did he do? He just fell in love with Darren Waller and just went to him over and over and over again. So I can give them a little bit of a pass on the wide receivers last year in that, you know, they're going to have this full preseason run up this year. They've had a year to kind of, you know, get their – get their feet wet a little bit. And, I, yeah, I would expect Henry Ruggs, and now that they've seen him and figured out, okay, well, this is how he's going to work better, and they got John Brown in there as well. They can run Ruggs inside more. Um, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a better look for Henry Ruggs this year for sure. Yeah, let's not forget, too, Ruggs had um, two, two injuries last year early in the year. I think he was dealing with knee and hamstring injuries, and granted it wasn't as severe as – you know, Brian, Brian Edwards, where he missed a bunch of time, like rugs got hurt too. And, you know, for those speed guys, anytime they pull a hammy or whatever, it's usually detrimental. Um, one of my favorite off season signings this year was actually John Brown. They got him on a super cheap one year, three and a half million dollar deal. Sneaky. Um, yeah. It's and, and Brown can line up anywhere. So I, I, um, I guess for fantasy, I think, you know, rugs and Brown fill the same type of role. Obviously rugs is, I mean, there's no question he has more juice, but um, yeah, I still, I still, man, I'm, 
I was avoiding rugs, unfortunately, Jake, last year, pretty much <laughs> everywhere. I don't think I ended up with any rugs. And honestly, I'm not sure I'm going to have much this year just because, I mean, this, this offense is Darren Waller getting 28% of the targets, and then they just kind of mix and match from there. And I think they're going to go with another receiver by committee unless Brian Edwards just like completely pops as their, their X receiver. And I, I yeah. just would jump in. I everything I just saw from L- Rugs last year. You always hear like, oh, you know what? He's not doing a whole lot, but the air yards, the air yards, the air yards. But I feel like, you know, and you watched a lot of the games. They were going deep to him and missing. And it's like, it feels like the kind of guy where maybe you, you pump back the brakes a little bit on the air yards and try to get him some shorter stuff in yeah. space where he can get some run after the catch opportunities. And it didn't seem like they were doing that a whole lot. I think that, and that's actually what I was going to tie in is what you just said is also the comfort, the knowing. Derek Carr knows how what his speed is like, knowing where he's going to be, placing those balls a little bit, but like put some of it on Derek Carr. So I, I would, I just think that what his cost is going to be. I'm going to, like, admittedly, I'm going to have a ton of rugs and Rager this year. Give me their wide receivers. People got pissed off about in the rookie season who were being drafted in the eighth and ninth round last year, and then nobody wants anymore. So one more uh, on on this whole situation that I want to throw out. So Mike Tagliere, and this is as rookie wide receivers as a whole, so I'm going to pivot off before we get to the veteran losers because we're talking wide receivers, is he tweeted this out. So Mike Tagliere, Fantasy Pros, 35 wide receivers drafted in the fourth round or later, so day three wide receivers since uh, 2012. Not a single one has been a top 50 wide receiver. Wow. So How many Amon years? Ross, last eight years. Wow. So RIP to Amon Ross A. Brown. That's where – so that – um, even let's pull in some of these third-round wide receivers because we were talking about how much people were buried this year. We can talk about Palmer, which I was shocked he was actually in the third round, but Diami going to Washington, Rod- Rodgers going to play with maybe Rodgers, Nico Collins with Houston. Like, is there anybody? Are we done? Is, is it the two Moores and Marshall and then just throw out the rest of the wide receivers this year, Graham? I'm still holding the candle for Amon Ross St. Brown just because the Lions have dust <laughs> a wide receiver. Yeah. It's Quint I mean, they got Quinta Sevis and then Brashad Perriman, but man, I mean it's like Don't forget the Gazelle. Oh yeah, how could I forget Tyrell Williams who hasn't been relevant since like twenty fifteen, <laughs> right? Twenty sixteen. Um yeah, TJ Hawkinson is gonna lead this team up. at yeah. Uh, TJ Hawkinson <laughs> will lead this team in targets, but um I, I still I think after like you mentioned the two Moors and Marshall, I think Amon Ross, St. Brown is like, well, I like Amari Rogers too, but outside of those two guys, I think that's kind of it for this class. I like Josh Palmer. I, I, I said that before the draft, and I, you know, he was on a bad passing Tennessee team, but he has all the traits. He just didn't have the production, and I, I like his landing spot because, you know, Jalen Guyton and who was a Tyron Johnson had their moments, you know. Mike Williams has been a little bit uneven. I just feel like there's opportunity there tied to a really good quarterback, and they liked him enough to take him in the third round when, you know, maybe that wasn't their most obvious need, but I think it kind of was because I think they just have a bunch of guys, and Mike Williams, kind of jury still out on him after, what is he, three, four years in the league? So mm-hmm. I think there's opportunity for him. If, if, you know, the skill I saw translates, I think he's a guy that could rise pretty quickly with the Chargers. Yeah, I have a little bit of hesitancy with Palmer and actually the Chargers as a whole. I just part of me, and maybe it's watching three years of Herbert, and maybe it's but I just watching him last year. I kind of feel like this is we got the book on him, and we're gonna see like the not quite Daniel Jones, but see a step back in year two, like where he doesn't necessarily decline, but necessarily I don't think he's gonna improve. I think there's still holes if you watch this game. So I'm just I'm kinda out on the Chargers outside of Keenan Allen. I'm outside like just off the Chargers as a whole. I just have a lot of hesitancies of Justin Herbert year two. And maybe I'm the stupid idiot, but I just <laughs> it's after and I could be clouded for how much I watched him in college, but that's yeah. the Herbert. So uh, let's talk about losers real quick. Um we know Andy Dalton. Yeah, uh, we know Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> we know, like, Q, like, you call him by his correct name, QB1 <laughs> Andy Dalton. Damn it. <laughs> the funny thing was, Graham, is I tweeted this out like two months ago when it happened, and everybody's like, oh, he's the best quarterback Allen Robinson has ever had. I said, actually, if you look at the past two years, Andy Dalton, he's not the best quarterback yeah. he's ever had. So <laughs> we know those losers, but uh, I want to touch on two specifically. Uh, we already touched on Melvin Gordon. We already kind of talked about the 49ers backfield, but there's two. First one. Let's go back to James Robinson. Graham, is he as big as a loser as people are making him out to be, or is it bigger and people maybe aren't 
like realizing how big of this is with a new regime drafted a first round running back in ETN. I mean, is it potentially so what we talked about last week, Graham, is that it's similar to Alvin Kamara and Latavius Murray. That's the comp everybody's making, but that ETN's a lesser version of Kamara. Robinson's a better version of Latavius Murray. Do you agree? Or you think it's going to be worse? Um, yeah. So I mean, last year the the Jags just their their backfield fell apart. I mean, Chris Thompson was supposed to be their passing down guy. He got hurt again. Um, you know, I think they expected a Zigbo to, to come back. He couldn't. They had Reichwell Armstead on the COVID list. He had complications all year. So Robinson, like, it was like a perfect storm, man. Robinson's awesome. He definitely deserves the the praise he got, and he definitely deserved the the starting role because he 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 certainly earned it. Uh, that being said, though, let's not pretend that you know they didn't have anything behind him. Robinson put up the numbers he did because he got a ton of volume. He got 60 targets in 14 games and because that Jags team just was constantly trailing and he was on the field for every single snap. So to me, it's not really a surprise that the Jags took a back. What was the surprise is that they took ETN in the first round. Like I, I kind of right. felt like they needed, yeah, they needed a passing down back, you know, takes somebody to take the load off Robinson. It's the reason he got banged up at the end of the year. He had a really bad ankle injury. Um, in week 13, week 14 that he tried to play through and then obviously couldn't for the final two games. I wasn't surprised that they, they took it back. They had to have a passing down back to, to go with Robinson. That being said, I, I think, and I noted this in my article on Travis Etienne, Etienne's not a good inside runner. Like he is, he is, I, I, you know, the comps that he gets to Alvin Kamara and Dalvin Cook, I just don't see because Etienne is a perfect fit in like an outside zone, um, RPO heavy scheme where he's, you know, just making one cut and going, he's not somebody that's going to be able to sift through traffic and make quick cuts through traffic like Najee Harris can, because he just doesn't, he doesn't have that footwork in his repertoire yet. Um, I think ETN, man, I think his landing spot kind of tells you like, you know, and I believe Irvin Meyer when he says this, I don't believe Irvin Meyer when he says ETN's only a third down back. That's ridiculous. But <laughs> right, I, do, I did believe thing. him. I did believe him when he said Robinson and Hyde are going to be involved you know, heavily on early downs. I, th- I think there's a lot of truth to that. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I always think about the fungibility of running backs. Like if, if it was miles Gaskin that was in camp there instead of James Robinson, like, and he got that opportunity, how much different would his stats be? Or if it was Mike Davis and we saw Mike Davis fill in for Christian McCaffrey and, you know, there's, I think there's a level of running back that's out there that with the volume, they're going to do certain well. And then, then, then there's the next level of talent. And I think when you look at, ETN versus James Robinson. There's just a next level of talent. And I think a, a coach is going to figure out a way to make sure that, that that higher level of talent is going to be out there a decent amount of time. Not that he's not going to lean on James Robinson for certain things, but I think the days are clearly over of James Robinson being a bell cow guy or anything close anything close to it, you know. So yeah, it just certainly sounds like this is go on full on platoon here in Jacksonville. All right. Well then Two more quick questions and the tiebreaker to get you out of here, Graham. Uh, Brandon, now that you've had time to gestate on this and Graham's first opinion with us on it, but T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, a lot of people pushing back immediately. Like I had Jamar Chase at wide receiver 35 to 40, somewhere around there. And I, was, I love to put him higher. And to be honest with you, if we get more of a regular offseason, I could push him higher. But it, what it, we still don't know. What if this offseason is a lot like last offseason and these wide receivers aren't out there and there aren't OTAs and camps and then all there's two preseason, maybe one preseason game. So I'm just saying, as of today, too low, Higgins more in doubt, Boyd more in doubt. How, as today, you're drafting, where are you in the Bengals trio? I haven't changed a lot from when we talked on Friday, which I said I would have these guys probably all just outside the wide receiver two range, but like within a six, seven, eight spot range after that because you know it's you look at last year and it was easy to see they all had right around the same amount of targets like right in that 100 to 110 range AJ Green did nothing with his like T Higgins about doubled his production on the same amount of targets but I think Jamar Chase you know coming in having that familiarity with Joe Burrow can hit the ground running a little bit more so than than most wide receivers can and I think he can fill that role where he's pushing 100 targets filling in the AJ Green role and I would rank him the last of the three but I think he's really close to Higgins and Boyd. I, I don't know if I'm going to go quite 34, 35. I might be like 31, 32, 30 right there with, with Higgins and Boyd just a little bit in front of him. Yeah, so I actually have it flipped. I've got Chase at wide receiver 25. 
Uh, then okay. Higgins it's at, certainly fair. Yeah, I got Higgins at 29 and then Boyd at 36. I'm still kind of doing some maneuvering. But man, I mean, you take a run, you take a, a receiver at five overall, like he's immediately, regardless of the previous connection, obviously that Burrow and Chase have, take a receiver at five overall. I mean, he's usually walking into 16, 18% target share at the worst. And then you add in the the fact that Bengals are going to have to throw a shit ton because their defense still isn't that great. They lost a good corner. <laughs> their offensive line isn't very good. So I'm imagining they're going to have to get the ball out quick. Um, yeah, man, I, I think, I think Chase is, is, uh, is above all those guys. I'm concerned for Boyd, man. I'm real concerned for Boyd because last year Boyd put up um, basically borderline wide receiver one numbers before Burrow got hurt. He was the wide receiver 14 in like weeks one through nine before Burrow ripped up his knee. And then, you know, he died after that. Um, so my, my concern is like, <laughs> you know, know, you know, that was T Higgins rookie year. They add in chase, you know, you know, get Burrow back healthy. I, I just, I think we're going to see Boyd, you know, his, his target share drop off a little bit there with, with chase dominating targets probably on the outside. That's certainly fair. Like I said, they're going to be like, this is going to be interesting off season for these situations like that. All right. So, Graham, do you want the bonus question uh, or do you want the sports question before we finish the show? You get which one do you want? Uh, let's finish it, I guess, with the the tiebreaker. So, all right. So the sports question next. Yeah. All right, that works yeah. for me. All right. So anybody we didn't mention? Anybody? I know we talked about Hawkins already, but is there anybody that rookie wise that we didn't mention that you just have your eye on? Uh, Brandon knows this undrafted free agent. But, you know, now he's also semi-buried, so I'm looking future years here. But this is a super, super deep dynasty. But I'm an Emer Tabibi guy. I love yeah. Emer Tabibi. <laughs> I was pissed off that he didn't get drafted. I love the fact – I actually do like that he, he's with Trevor Lawrence. And if you look at the depth chart, yeah, there's a lot there. But there's a lot there that wasn't tied to Urban Meyer. So at least I'm holding out a little bit of hope. Is there anybody out there super deep-wise that you're, you've got your eye on? Let's be honest. You just like saying the name, too, because that's, <laughs> that's a great name. Um Star Wars or sports? <laughs> Ever to be me. <laughs> uh, I'll go Star Wars. Um, no, I, you know, honestly, guys, this this rookie class, I think, just kind of, man, it just kind of fell, <laughs> fell off the ledge a little bit. I, I really don't. I mean, the, the good news, so some of these UDFA guys like Tamaran Terry, like Emmer Tabibi, um, the good news is the UDFAs have like the same hit rate as like fourth and fifth round picks for fantasy, right. at least. I mean, it's still super low. I mean, we're still talking about like, for top 12, you know, wide receiver one status, it's like 8% hit rate. And then for top 24, right. it's like 15 or so. Uh, so the good news is, you know, UDFAs, I think because they have to come into camp and like really prove it. Some of these like RB, you know, the round four, round five guys are kind of like just tweener types. So um, yeah, I think I'm with you on taking some shots on some of the, the later round receivers. Uh, like you mentioned, I, I still am holding a candle for Seth Williams. Uh, my guy, <laughs> Auburn receiver, big receiver from from Auburn, but yeah, he's probably buried on the Broncos depth chart and no guarantee to make the team. <laughs> Brandon, you got one? Yeah, I don't. I don't have a. I mean, I told you Josh Palmer is sort of my guy. Um, he, you know, I could not I could bang day three, but for for purposes of being overlooked, I, I could definitely see it. I will say, just the local guy, Dwayne Eskridge from Western Michigan, like people poo-poo it because he's going to Seattle offense is so run heavy. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. It's a Shane Waldron run offense now. Pete Carroll is showing he is changing his ways a little bit. Sure. Shane Waldron comes in. You look at the Rams. They had you know Brandon Cooks, Cooper Cup, and Robert Woods. You look at Zach Taylor, the tree there with the coaching there. And you, I just talked about three receivers that had 100 targets last year. They could, and it's been a wide receiver three in Seattle has been a, you know, been nothing for years, but it could, it could develop into something. I'm just saying. So I was going to say that that actually gives me another bonus question in case you both get the the same one correctly. This is just, a, this is not a Star Wars question. So that'll be, <laughs> but it's the Terry. So I will say, Brandon, the, the draft capital is 100% there with Eskridge. The Terry and even the K Johnson undrafted free agent. I know. Worries me a little bit. Yeah. It's just yeah. kind of like they kind of, uh, I'll give you guys one more name out there for everybody before we get. To the last question for the tie break is Simi Fihoko because yeah. Gallup is up next year and you make Gallup expendable for all the money that you put in at Dak and Amari and Zeke and everything you have tied up and you're looking for who could be the replacement who's raw that's what made me think of him Graham like Tamari and Terry who those are both very raw prospects that's and he could step cool. in again yeah two or three years from now all right so tie break let's see if we can get this 
Uh, Graham, yeah. it's tied up, so you can just go first. Rush Clovis. Rush Clovis. Oh, no. I'll go, I'll go sports, I guess. All right, just for the sake of uh, letting this podcast I have end. other backups. I have three. No, I have three no. I, I, my first initial thought was Star Wars, so I'm going to go Star Wars. and I'm, th- I'm thinking I might lose this one, but... <laughs> Uh, no, by saying I had three tie breaks, I tried to help you, Graham. It was actually Star Wars. Rush <laughs> yeah, Clovis no. is Star Wars. Yes, a senator. He was influential. He was actually a romantic interest of Padme before Anakin. So oh, for wow. everybody out there. I feel uh, like I, yeah. I, I was I was leading that thing. I felt like Graham was drafting off me the whole way. I would have been pissed if I had <laughs> lost this thing in the end. <laughs> so the, the actual purely only sports tie break, Brandon? The what's, highest what's number of targets on the Seahawks after Lockett and after Metcalf last year. What was the number? Well, it was probably it was probably Chris Carson. Um, I don't care who it was. I just want the number. And it wasn't Chris Carson. Gosh, David Moore, right? There you go. It was David uh, I'll Moore. go. I'll go f- fifty-six. Graham, uh, sixty-two. No, you should have priced rice. Prices right at him. It's 47. Oh, wow. 47. Oh, <laughs> Number three. Damn. Yes. I'm telling you, don't just all that stuff goes away. It's a, it's a new it regime. It goes away, but world. are we going to double and give all that to the third wide receiver? I'm just saying. No, like, I, was not, I was not saying that, that he's going to get 94 targets. I was just saying it's going to be a bigger thing. Hey, Matt. The largest- there you go. <laughs> to close out the show. <laughs> Graham. All right. Remind everybody, all your goodness, all your greatness, where to find your stuff and all you got coming out. Fantasypoints.com. I think I mentioned earlier, but we got uh, some yards creative stuff coming out. Tom Brawley and uh, and Joe Dolan have been cranking out some some, uh, market reports for the veterans and all the rookies. Uh, Again, you can get 10% off, 10% 10 off. It works out at like like 10, 12 doll hairs. So save yourself some cash, 21 Barfield 10. Brandon, I I like I love the doll hairs reference just because as I had two brothers and we would like say we would say doll hairs so that we always it was like oh I said doll hairs I didn't say dollars I don't owe you dollars so that was always our little our way to get out of owing somebody somebody somebody. Uh, make sure you check out Graham is good one pay attention we'll see when he shaves his beard next it's coming in nice you might want to just just let it go for as long as it's gonna get we got the wifey doesn't yeah, we're gonna go down to Florida here next uh next week so I I gotta get this thing shaved or else I'm gonna be a sweaty mess yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly <laughs> well Brandon and I will be back next week next Tuesday as always we appreciate it, guys thanks again to Graham happy Star Wars day we'll see you guys later <laughs>